What do you do when you feel betrayed and abandoned by your own father, someone who's supposed to love and care for you unconditionally, unselfishly? How do you learn to forgive and live free from the anger inside? We're going to find out in just a moment, so don't go away. Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest is author, filmmaker, and speaker John Finch. John knows exactly what it means to have a father abandon him at a young age and to carry the anger and hurt that comes with it. John will share his story about how he overcame alcoholism and anger with his dad, finding freedom and forgiveness. John, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge. Thanks for having me, brother. So, John, I'm curious, what is your favorite dad joke? (laughs) You know what? (laughs) That uh, I've got several. Uh, oh golly, you kind of got me by surprise here. Okay, here's one of my famous, uh, one of my favorite ones. My wife asked me if I'd seen the dog's box. I said no. I didn't know they could. <laughs> Come on, hey. <laughs> okay, all right. Maybe I should quit there. My wife and kids are always. They're like, Dad, that's not that funny. John, you and I have talked, and I know that you have already had an incredibly painful and traumatic childhood growing up that some listeners might even find hard to imagine. But there are some who will know and understand exactly what you went through. What is your story? Yes. So when I was 11 years old, uh, my dad committed suicide. So for about 30 years, I literally was just living with this, this anger because of uh, a wound of betrayal and abandonment. And, you know, as a young man, didn't really understand and know anything about this. And literally, I was probably in my late 30s when I was sharing with a friend of mine uh, out on a golf course. We were playing golf together, and I was sharing with him some of the struggles and issues I was having. And he turned to me at one set, at one point and said, you grew up without a father, didn't you? And I went on to give him this great 10-minute explanation about how incredible my mom is. And when I finished, he turned to me and said, but was she a dad? And oh, wow. for me, it was at that moment, I think that's the first time I'd ever thought about that or even been been asked that question. And so he went on to explain this idea of a father wound. And I remember walking, walking away from the golf course that day just thinking, that's it. That's what I've got. I'm not some weird, abnormal dude who you know, a doctor, like I had this disease and no doctor could find a cure, even a name for it. And now finally I had this thing that I knew was me. I knew I had this issue and I had to figure it out some way or another. And so for the next couple of years, I tried to still kind of suck it up, man up and, you know, do everything the world says we need to do as a man and tried to figure it out on my own. Well, it was in, uh, man, still, I'm sorry, February, of 2009 that God just kind of really took me to my knees. And, uh, you know, it's a place he had to take me to this place of brokenness to get my attention because I was having too much fun running from it. And it was in that moment of I was fearful of losing my job. I had, I had was not a good husband. Uh, I had health issues. All these things just just really came together. And it was at that point that, that really I, I finally surrendered to God and he took me on this path, this journey 
to find forgiveness for my father. And ultimately, that's what I did. He showed me forgiveness for my father, and it radically changed my life. That's absolutely powerful. I'm curious, what was it about that experience on the golf course uh, that caused them to recognize that you did not have a father? You know, I, I realized there was something there not having a dad around. You know, I'm a young man not having a father walk alongside him and show him and tell him he's doing a good job, giving him the affirmation that every young boy deserves, a rite of passage, right? That you're, you're a good son, you're doing great. All, all the encouragement that every young man needs not having that, I was I was different. I felt different than a lot of other my friends that that had actual fathers uh, physically there in the home. And so, you know, for me, it was it was understanding my dad's story. The catalyst to all of this for me, the the real forgiveness piece was as I started the journey. I started to learn a lot about my dad, the way he grew up, all of those things. I started having these great long conversations with my mom and all my relatives as it related to my dad. And I was asking all these questions. And through those conversations, God gave me a compassion for my dad because understanding that he grew up with this incredibly tough life, like he was dropped off in the middle of New Orleans when he was 16 years old to live on his own. Like his mom had left with her fifth husband. He was a truck driver. And she just said, hey, have a good life. So at 16, wow. he, you know, that's it, a pretty rough thing to, to have to endure. And so that was just kind of the beginning. But really finding out the bits and pieces of him never having a stable father figure, just the struggles that he had himself without having a dad. I mean, he had the same wound that I did, right? And he had mm-hmm. more or less just kind of passed it down to me. And so... It was really, truly understanding when God showed me that my dad could not give what he did not have. That's That was the forgiveness moment for me, understanding his story and really understanding who he was as a man and that he really didn't have a chance um, to, to be the dad that I think God created him to be. That's something I can identify with because there was a very similar experience I had with my dad. And God had to reveal the same thing to me. And that is that your dad only has so much to give because when he was a child, he had to grow up really, really fast because there is a generational component of abandonment in my family line. I mean, it's really, really bad. And uh, my dad became a dad to all of his siblings because and a provider for his own mother because there was no one else around to do the job. And, um, because of that, he grew up and he became adult fast and things kind of flip flop when he became an adult, he had nothing left. Uh, and that was a a very hard pill for me to swallow. Um, and God had to reveal that to me first before I could find the forgiveness that that was needed. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think ultimately God showed me that my dad, like myself, was just a jacked up, wounded, flawed, imperfect individual, you know. And so in a sense, we were brothers, you know, a- as it came to that. And so, um, yeah, that was the the forgiveness is is literally it radically changed my wife, I, I, my life. I asked my wife um, about a year or so into this kind of transformation and what God was doing in my life. I said, 
hey, honey, do you have any regrets? And she said, you know, this bittersweet thing. She said, you know, the only regret that I have is the John Finch I know today was not the John Finch I knew for the first 14 years of our marriage. So she saw that it wasn't just words coming from me. She saw God radically change my life in so many different ways. And so it wasn't just me talking. She was seeing it. And, and it was all God. It was absolutely 100% all God. There's an alcoholism component of this. How did alcoholism play a role in coping with what you went through? And how did you break free? The alcohol was, I had this wound, right? I had this thing that I was trying to avoid in many cases, trying to never address because I didn't really want to, because I knew it was going to be very, very difficult to deal with. So in order for me not to do what I needed to do and do the hard work of healing and forgiveness and everything else, I just medicated it. And so, you know, many men and women will medicate that wound instead of dealing with it. And so for me, that there was an anger component because I was so angry. I could not understand how a man could leave his wife and three boys, right? I just couldn't. I couldn't conceive of that. And then I was mad at God because I, in my mind, I believed he allowed him to do it. Right. And so I had a lot of anger and I see it in a lot of men now and women, but, but a lot of men, they're angry. I don't even know why they're just angry. And then I start having conversations with them and we start kind of peeling back that onion. And then they like, Whoa, hold on a second. It's the, it's the alcoholism, this generational curse, right? It's, a young man who's struggling with alcohol drinks a lot. And I say, well, what was your dad like? Said, well, he, you know, he drank a little bit. Well, what was your grandfather like? Well, you know, now that you mentioned it, he, he kind of liked to drink too. And then all of a sudden kind of God connects the dots for him, right? So it's very much can be a generational thing. And, and unless we're willing to step up and say, okay, you know what? That generational stuff, that curse is no longer going to happen. I'm going to break the chain and break the cycle. I've spoken about this so many times. I've had guests speak about this and the generational component of addiction. It is so, so very, very real. I've had it described as a train. It's like riding a train where every car is a generation. It can be an alcohol train. It can be a physical abuse train. It doesn't really matter, but there is a, it's a very, it can be a very long train. And it's the mm. point where you wake up and realize the train that you're on, you have a decision to make. You can either stay on that train or you can get off. But the one thing I've learned is that train doesn't make a nice, neat stop at a depot for you to get off smoothly. If you want to get off the train, you have to get off while it's moving. And when you land, it's going to hurt. And the most important thing is when you hit the ground after jumping off of that generational addiction train who's there in that first moment who you're surrounded by makes all the difference in the world of your success what was that experience for you you know the generational curse for me was broken the moment i found forgiveness for my father um you know i talked about the alcohol and how i used it to medicate uh, my wound and the pain once i found forgiveness I had no desire to drink any longer, none whatsoever. And I was the guy that once that first sip hit my lips, it was like game on, right? I was going to drink at least, as, as, you know, 
until I was feeling really, really good or just stumbling drunk. So that's, that's how deep this wound was. And it was just my, my fear, you know, part of it, I think in a lot of, a lot of us guys deal with this issue. I didn't want people to know the real me because I knew they wouldn't like me. Right. Mm. So many of us, we think that everybody else has this thing figured out that we're all alone, that nobody else struggles with this stuff. And it's the biggest lie we can believe. When we start having conversations with men and we're real and authentic and transparent, it's in those conversations that God does some of his best work, right? It's understanding that that we all have a struggle. And, And for men, whether it's pornography, alcoholism, greed, lust, whatever it may be, a lot of us struggle with the same stuff. And so, you know, when I share my story uh, at churches or men's groups or whatever else, it's amazing how the walls come down and guys come up to me after. It's like, man, you too? I had no idea. I thought I was the only one. And so it's it's our willingness as men to be authentic, to be real. That's where God can use us and our stories and our testimonies to help others um, in so many different ways. And, and, and I mean, ultimately he can use it to help change other people's lives. What is it that we specifically get out of anger when we're hurt so badly? I mean, what is it we are getting out of it and what is it really doing to us? I know there's a, those are two different things. I think it's, it is a default mechanism, right? Because it's, we can't control, we can't control what happened to us. I can't control the fact that my dad left me, right? That he decided to commit suicide. And so I get angry. And so, you know, one of the guys we interviewed for the film said, you know, it's like anger becomes a hammer and everything begins to look like a nail. So our response in everything is anger. Doesn't matter what it is. Like there's been many times like I, you know, my wife asked me to fix something and I am the least handyman you will ever meet. (laughs) I, in most cases, (laughs) I will mess it up worse than it'll cost me twice as much to get it fixed from my mess up than just hiring somebody else to do it. And so, you know, like a flapper in the toilet needs to be replaced. Well, I'll start trying to do it. I've never done it before. And I just start getting frustrated because I mess it up and then I get angry and then I get angry at my dad for not being there to teach me how to do these things because I believe every man needs to know how to do these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's those type of things. And, And the anger is just, it's a covering up of a deeper issue. Right. Um, that being probably the biggest thing, but it's, it's understanding that there's something deeper about that anger. It's rooted in something deeper. John Eldridge, who's in our in our documentary, he says it best. And he says, you know, there's this, there's wound that that people carry. And we say in the movie, based on a, a study we saw that nine out of ten people have a father wound. Well, elders will argue 10 out of 10 people. You know, we just we don't get through this world without getting some type of wound. And because we're all imperfect fathers, we're going to wound our kids. I wounded my kids, right? I'm not perfect. I've, I've wounded my kids. I think I wound them less now than I used to, but I still wound them. And so he says, you know, we can, we can give people prescriptions to try to, to deal with whatever this is, whether it's the addiction that's related to the wound or whatever. But he says, until you get to the heart of what the wound is and find healing for it, you're going to continue to need the medication, 
Once you heal that wound, you no longer need the medication. The anger's no longer there. All of those things are gone specific to that wound. So circling back to the anger, is anger really just an illusion of control? I think it is. Uh, I think it's the lack of control, something that's out of our hands that we as men, especially we're fixers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned early on in my marriage that there were times where my wife and my daughters, they didn't want me to fix it. They just want me to listen. You know, when they would come to me with an issue or whatever, they just wanted me to sit there and listen. They didn't want me. You know, my thing was the default mechanism for me was I'd listen. I'd go, okay, do this, 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 and this. One, two, three, four. And you're good. And I'd walk away thinking, I, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm the best dad, best husband in the world. I fixed everything and I'm good to go. But because we can't fix these certain things, we get angry because it's out of our control. I want to cover a really difficult question. And I know that people who've gone through a very similar experience have this question pop up in their mind from time to time. And the moment that your dad was completely at his end where he had had enough and he was ready to be done, where was God and where was God's love at that moment? There's no doubt God was with him. I think my dad, specific to his case, he had some mental health issues. Um, And back in that day, it was like there was no way you could get any man to ever talk about their feelings and their mental health problems, right? Mm, My uh, aunt and and several people in my family have told me stories that, you know, he he definitely suffered from depression. And I don't know that there wasn't some some bipolar and some other things going on there. Uh, I remember we were shooting the trailer for the movie, the reenactment of the day my dad killed himself. And the actor came up and he had this this shirt. He had two shirts and one of them was exactly like the one my dad used to wear. And he looked just like my dad. And I remember him asking the question. He said, you know, I'm trying to get into character. He said, what do you think your dad was thinking that day? And I'll tell you what, that hit me like a ton of rocks. It's the first time I'd ever thought about it. I'm thinking, what does a man do? What is he thinking? What is he going through when he knows he's fixing to pull the trigger and kill himself. So I remember like, I think I tried to compose myself and I rattled off something. I went back up over this hill, sat in my pickup and I just weeped because I was like, what is that moment like to know that you are fixing to end your life? You're no longer going to breathe all of those things. And so, you know, I think it's for us that have never experienced that moment uh, it's, it's tough to describe. Now I've dealt with depression myself and I know what it's like to be in the deep, deep abyss of darkness and just, you know, feeling like there's no other way out. So I get that part of it. Um, but there's no doubt. I mean, in, in the word it says, you know, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So I truly believe and know God was there, it was just my, my dad and some of the stuff that he was struggling with that, you know, he did what he did. There is a component in there that is very difficult for us, especially men. Uh, that's difficult for us to grasp uh, and swallow, understand and exercise, especially in the moment like what you just described. And that is trust, trust in God. And especially when we've been wounded. So how was that a lengthy process? for you to arrive at a point where you trusted God with what happened to your dad and you were trusting God with your future? Was that an immediate process? 
or did that take a lot of time? You know, it, it was fairly quickly. Once I found forgiveness, it was truly understanding what it says in the Bible about what was meant for evil God can use for good. Um, it was understanding that I knew deep down that somehow God was going to use my story in some form or fashion to help other people. Uh, again, to help other people understand they're not alone. They're not the only one struggling with it because this, this epidemic of fatherlessness and the father wound is so prevalent. I just knew I had this feeling. And so for me, it came rather quickly. And I think every man's journey is different, right? It took me about three months worth of counseling with a Christian counselor for, for me to find that place to, for me to finally forgive my father. And I was the guy that I couldn't even have these conversations with my counselor. I couldn't even say the word dad without weeping because of what that meant to me in my life, as far as it, mm. it referred to as an earthly father and the anger and all of the emotions that it would bring up. And, and I struggled to even, you know, refer to God as God, the father or father, God, and I had a friend of mine start just encouraging me to start praying. And when I start my prayers, it's Father God. And and so, you know, that was very difficult at the beginning, but now it's become like no no big deal whatsoever because I see him as a father that was always there. I just didn't realize that he was there because I was so caught up in my own anger and bitterness toward my own dad. In what ways has God stepped in to that role and met your needs? In just the relationship that I have with him now versus before, uh, I was not a big reader (laughs) before, and now I read a lot. And he reveals to me a lot through, obviously, through the Word, but through other books and other authors He's brought men into my life. You know, I think that's the other big thing that most of us men don't have. We don't have that one guy at 3 a.m. that we can call when we're tempted to jump on the Internet when we shouldn't or look at something we shouldn't or drink or do drugs or whatever. Most of us don't have that guy that knows all our stuff and that can talk us off the ledge. Right. And so Mm -hmm. God's brought those kind of guys into my life and he's brought these mentors that have really helped me as a man, as a believer, as a husband. And so it's, it's been an incredible blessing. And, and it's just a matter of, for men, it's asking other men, hey, will you mentor me? Will you help me through this? Especially the older guys. I could sit and listen to the older grandfatherly types for hours because I love their stories and their wisdom. You know, they've, they've paid the dumb tax already. <laughs> All their mistakes, right? That's true. So why wouldn't I listen to them and take advice and get wisdom from them? So yeah, he's done so much in, in bringing people into my life that have really helped me walk through the journey. Okay, so we've hinted a few times in this episode about a book and a movie. I know there's a story behind both. How was God using you through this book and and, uh, and the movie? Tell us about both. You know, it's it's been really an incredible journey. This is God's sense of humor. We made the documentary. We released it about, I think it's been five or six years ago. And then a couple of years ago, I just felt like him saying, give it to me and let me do my thing. So we released it on YouTube, the 60-minute version on YouTube, uh, two years ago, Father's Day. Uh, And the testimonies and the comments and the people that I get to reach out to me, it's just, you know, it's such an incredible thing. And and, and I'm the biggest knucklehead you'll ever meet. You know, it's the fact that God's doing anything through me is, is pretty remarkable. Some of my friends will tell you that. 
<laughs> my wife will probably tell you that too at some point, but it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, I get testimonies and, and calls from various people through the movie. I got a young man, 29 year old that reached out to me through Instagram about a year ago. And he just like, John, I thought I was the only one. And I found your book and read it and it changed my life. And it's those kind of things where you, you know, and I figured this out early on, this is so much bigger than me. You know, it's, it's all God. And, and when we're obedient and faithful to do what it is that he's called us to do, it's amazing what he can do through us. I want to cut to the chase a little bit and just talk to those dads out there that are really struggling. What is the path to freedom from anger and hurt caused by those close to us? Even those who are our fathers specifically. It's forgiveness, brother. It, it just is. Uh, we've got a guy in the movie that um, he tells this great story about how his dad, he was estranged from his dad and his dad ended up getting cancer and lived in Las Vegas. And he brings him to Dallas and tells the nurse, Hey, you know, tell me, give me a holler if something's going on. And so sure enough, not long after that, she calls, she says, Hey, you got to get down here as soon as you can. I don't think he's going to make it much longer. And he says, he gets down there and he busts in the room and his dad's just passed out. He goes over, grabs his hand. He says everything he's ever wanted to say. I forgive you. I love you. All these things. He says he walks out of the room and the nurse walks up to him. She's got tears rolling down her face. And she says, you know, I, I meant to tell you this earlier, but I just couldn't. Your dad passed away about an hour ago. And he says, you know what? I didn't do that for him. I did that for me. That was the best thing I've ever done. Wow. So there's the forgiveness isn't for the other person all the time. It's for you, right? Sometimes that your dad or the other person don't even know they need to be forgiven. It doesn't matter. That forgiveness is for you, right? So that's ultimately what it's all about. It's about forgiveness. And if people understand and realize that, and again, every man's journey is different. Some it may take a year, two years. Some it could take a month. I, every man's journey is different. It's looking toward that forgiveness and looking God for, to God to help you get through that journey. That's where all the good stuff happens, and that's where the healing happens. God is willing to walk beside you and even walk ahead of you on that journey. You were never meant to take that journey alone. Absolutely. No, I'm a huge advocate of Christian counseling. And I can tell you, if it wasn't for my Christian counselor, I don't know that I would be where I'm at today. Uh, and again, I'm in no ultimate place. I still have my own struggles. I still mess up all the time as a dad, as a husband. I, I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm a little bit better guy than I was yesterday, right? And, and that's ultimately what it's all about. John, how can dads learn more about you, your book, and watch your film? How can they also contact you with questions or get help? Okay, so we've got a website. It's just thefathereffect.com, and we're at thefathereffect.com, or the Father Effect all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. And I'm going to make it easy. So if you also go to thefatherhoodchallenge.com, that's thefatherhoodchallenge.com. If you go to this episode, look right below the episode description. I'm going to have the link right there, so all you have to do is click on it. It'll take you right to the website, and uh, I will also put the social media links there as well to make it easier. Well, John, as we close, what is your challenge to dads listening now who are feeling chained to that anger and hurt? Start the journey. You know, the most difficult step for everyone is the first step, right? It's admitting you've got a wound. 
And so once you admit you've got a wound, that's the hardest part. That's the hardest first step. You get to that place, admit you got a wound, and then it's a matter of inviting God into that wound and then seeking counsel. You know, get, if you can get with a professional Christian counselor to help you kind of guide, get, guide you through the journey, it's really, really important. And most importantly, you're not alone. doesn't matter what you've been through, the mistakes you've made, doesn't matter. You're not alone. God loves you. He's proud of you and believes in you more than you can ever imagine. John, it's been an absolute honor to have you on the Fatherhood Challenge. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experience with us. Thank you for having me, brother. Keep up the great work. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.